You're listening to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, episode 274. Hey there, you amazing human, and welcome to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, the podcast that is designed for female entrepreneurs who want to make more money in a way that is in alignment for them. If you're looking for practical advice, proven strategies, and expert insights to help you navigate the challenges of growing your business, then you've come to the right place. Welcome, my friend. I am your host, Angela Henderson, a proud Canadian living in beautiful Australia, and I'm a business coach, consultant, and strategist who has helped thousands of women around the world build successful businesses. Through solo episodes and interviews with successful business owners, industry experts, and thought leaders, you'll get insider insights into what it takes to succeed in today's digital age. Whether you're struggling to scale your business, looking for ways to boost your productivity, or seeking ways to overcome the challenges of being an entrepreneur, this show has everything you need to succeed and more. So subscribe, pop your headphones on, and get ready to creating the business and life you deserve today by allowing the Angela Henderson Online Business Show help you create a winning strategy, develop the right mindset, and build lasting wealth. Well, hey there, you amazing human, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Angela Henderson Online Business Show. Today, I'm bringing on the most luscious guest ever, and we're going to be talking about a hot topic, aka money. I mean, I don't know any business owner out there that doesn't love money, but when you bring money up as a topic, I know a lot of business owners who get real, real uncomfortable, real, real fast, and they actually hate talking about money, even though they love and want to make more money. I mean, it's not uncommon that I see this. Why? Because we have years of society telling us to work hard for our money, or that money doesn't grow on trees, or that it's rude to talk about money. But I'm like, fuck that. I'm here for more conversations around money. And I'm absolutely thrilled today that my guest, the amazing Jackson, joining us all the way from far north Queensland, is here to talk to us about how you can manufacture financial freedom in 10 years or less. On the show today, we dig deep into what is financial freedom? What are some of the main reasons as to why people wait to take control of their finances? We also dig deep and look at what are some of the common mistakes or pitfalls that individuals should avoid when working towards financial freedom and how listeners such as yourself can start today with getting you up and being financially free within 10 years or less. You aren't going to want to miss out on this episode. It is important for you to listen to this episode to build the foundations and for you to start getting comfortable with talking about money and your own financial freedom. But before we start, don't forget this week is my business birthday celebrations week. And for seven days, I'm sharing with you seven ways that you can accelerate your business growth and specifically work with me at a reduced cost to get you the help you need before the end of the financial year here in Australia. From working with me one-on-one to my masterminds, heading with me over to my Bali retreat in October, and so many other ways you can work with me, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au, and at the very top of the page, you will see my banner that says Birthday Celebrations. Click on that, and you will find all the luscious ways that you can work with me during this next few months. Now, let's get into today's awesome episode with Jackson. Hey there, hey there. Welcome to the show, Jackson. G'day, Angela. How you doing? Oh my goodness, it's so good. And now I have to giggle, how am I doing? Because we've got the opportunity to see each other a few times this week. And so yes. I'm like, it's so fun just to be back. And now I'm recording a podcast with you. And 
The funny thing is, is it's interesting how I believe the world kind of brings people together. We've only just really met, met. We've kind of known each other or been in each other's kind of ecosystems. The last few months, you know, we've had the opportunity to team together. I've been on your podcast, the Financial Freedom Secret Show. I've done a workshop for your crew. You are now on my podcast, right? Uh, You're also going to be coming and doing a live masterclass for my mastermind clients. So there's so much power in partnerships. And what are your thoughts based on like the current economy around how partnerships should be part of your overall visibility strategy? It's honestly the best, Angela. We've tried everything to grow our business. Um, our business is now uh, doing over 7 million. We've got a team of 31. We've got about 1,200 clients around the world. And the vast majority of that growth has come through partnerships and leveraging our relationships where we can grow together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the importance of it is that in partnerships, you need to be abundant in your thinking and your positioning. Mm. And with any type of abundance, you can grow in any time, no matter if we're in a recession or if there's a cost of living crisis. And the value of relationship is by far one of the most valuable uh, resources that you have in your life and your business. And mm. um, unlike when we talk about paid advertising and all these other things, like attention wanes very, very quickly, particularly when emotions are really high. Mm. And so we, we love the power of partnerships. We love putting amazing people like you in front of our people. And, and we love getting in front of, uh, of your folks. And uh, I think it's honestly the best way to grow a business. You know, and I mean, partnerships, they take a little bit of work in regards to like, you've got to build those relationships, you've got to nurture those relationships. And obviously, you go in there leading with love and light to start with, right? But there's also, I feel a lot of people, including myself, have built partnerships, but have forgotten that it's okay to go and ask how we could work together, right? And just be like, if there's a mutual benefit, and again, we're leading with value first, I always think there's so much growth. And I know we're not here to talk about partnerships, but I do think it's important for people to understand that there's organic visibility partnerships and paid and partnerships are really something that I think are underutilized. So it's been super fun just, you know, dabbling in this with you. And I look forward to further uh, partnerships with you. But for now, we're going to talk about financial freedom in the next 10 years, but even rewind a little bit more. Before we get started, I always like to ask a fun question to my guests so that the audience gets to know you a little bit better on a personal level. So my question to you is, I know you live on some of Australia's most magical land, and I know you have a farm with these amazing farm animals that I see you doing TikTok videos with and just some fun filming content with, from cows to chickens to pigs. And I'm pretty sure I saw a bull in a hammock at some stage, Jimmy, with the horns (laughs) coming out. So I want to know, you have to be honest now, which of these amazing creatures is your favorite creature though? Ah, that's such a hard question to answer. I love them all dearly. Um, But I have one bull, his name is Ferdy. Yes. Uh, He's a, he's a runt. Um, and he's such a beautiful soul. Uh, I think many people associate with bulls uh, of being aggressive and uh, dangerous. And we've got a bull who, yes, did try to gore me while I was laying in a hammock. Um, but uh, he, he had uh, the best intentions. He was just playing. He, he definitely wasn't putting all of his weight uh, and uh, and strength into trying to maul me to death. Yeah. Um, but Ferdy just doesn't have a bad bone in his body. I, uh, I raised him from one day old where we rescued him from a dairy where he was going to get hit over the head with the hammer. Oh. And uh, we uh, we raised him and fed him uh, all, all from all hours of the day and night, and uh, he's just turned into a beautiful soul, and he's living his best life. So uh, we definitely love Ferdy. Oh my goodness, how amazing is that? And as like I said, I just love watching your videos because there's something about animals and grounding and that the energy they bring and the lightness they bring is just so beautiful. And so I always love watching your content around those beautiful little beings. Now, many of my listeners may not know you, Jackson. So we've got listeners in Australia and I think a hundred and something other countries. So for my listeners out there that aren't aware of you, in a nutshell, can you let us know what your business is and how you help other amazing business owners? 
Yes. So I am Jackson Milan. I'm also known as the Wealth Mentor. And uh, over the past 15 years, I've been specializing in helping service-based business owners manufacture financial freedom faster. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, how we've done that is that we help people implement a framework that we call the Wealth Mastery Machine. Because what mm-hmm. I've come to realize, Angela, is that for the vast majority of people, particularly business owners, they do not have systems and frameworks that allow them to get predictable, repeatable outcomes with their money. Mm. And their money becomes a byproduct. It's an afterthought. It is emotional. It's subjective. And it's immensely stressful. And they have no real predictability around their financial outcomes. And in other words, they are a passenger on their financial journey. Mm. What we help them do is we help them use these systems and frameworks that have been tried and true and tested uh, with thousands of clients that we've helped build over $2 billion in combined wealth. Mm-hmm. And we help them get back into their financial driver's seat so they can create financial freedom in 10 years or less. Um, and we work, we work with a lot of education. It's all about teaching them how to do this stuff for themselves. I love it because I do feel, especially in the online space, so many people are just going from dollar and dollar. And I can't say that I've mastered that perfectly. But what I will say is it's like there's other wealth buckets that are potentially available to people other than just launching, launching, launching. And I think that when we start a business, that's all we see. We kind of have our blinders on. And I think it's important that there's other ways to, do you know what I mean, make that financial wealth and get that financial freedom. And it's people like you that are helping educate people, uh, show people, you know, uh, to get out of that day-to-day grind of their business and have the freedom that they want. And I know we'll talk more about this to me throughout the episode. For you though, I remember reading an article or somewhere on Facebook, I can't remember, maybe inside of your Facebook community that you have, that you too, from a financial freedom place, have your own financial freedom story and that you were about $250,000 in debt. Can you share with us a little bit more about your story to financial freedom? Yeah, so that was my bad debt. I also had a a, a multi-six-figure mortgage as well. And uh-huh. how I got myself in that situation is that my parents were battlers, Angela. They were business owners. Dad was a tradie. Mum was a hairdresser. And they were very, very good at their craft. And, yeah. and they always said to me, if you want to be successful, you need to work hard for it. Yes. And they worked bloody hard. And if hard work guaranteed financial freedom, they would have probably been the wealthiest people in the world. <laughs> but Harsh reality was that they weren't. They very much struggled to make ends meet and provide for me, and they, they did their best to provide. And yeah. we were lucky that we never went without anything, but there was never any excess. Yes. And unfortunately, um, I, I kind of inherited a lot of my parents' uh, bad traits and habits, and I fell into this trap of being a kind of a do what I say and not what I do kind of advisor, uh-huh. which is very much the style of my father. He was a great, um, he was a great mentor. He taught me some of the most valuable lessons, but not once did he ever practice the lessons that he taught. Sure. And unfortunately, um, my father got diagnosed with late stage uh, stomach cancer, which then ultimately evolved into pancreatic cancer. And he had no insurances, he had no emergency funds, and he was the sole breadwinner of his household. And in order to save the family home. Uh, I needed to take over the responsibility of not only the mortgage, but putting food on the table and paying all of the bills. And this Mm. happened in my mid-20s. Now, my brilliant idea at the time, Angela, was that I actually hadn't had my first foray into business yet. I decided to set up a men's e-commerce fashion business from scratch. Okay. And it was a completely blind pursuit to prove my ego right. Uh I'd never designed a piece of clothing. I'd never built a website. I'd never done digital marketing. Uh, I'd never uh, worked on logistics. I'd never done sourcing from China. Uh, all of these things that I had never done, I basically set out to prove that I could do them. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the business was only there to produce a profit. And unfortunately, it became a cash-eating monster very, very quickly. And with the burden of responsibility of, of the, the mortgage, 
uh, and also this cash eating monster of a business that was just stock hungry. Like you've been in e-commerce, you understand yes. what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found myself in multi-six figures of bad debt and uh, ultimately on the verge of going bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, I've just become the very thing that I've been trying not to become. And it was very much like when somebody tells you not to think about the pink elephant, it's the only thing that's on your mind. Yes. And the idea that I didn't want to be my parents, I didn't want to be broke, I didn't want to go without, it's the exact thing that I almost become. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? And I decided that I was going to take all of my stock uh, because I wasn't passionate about that business and donated all to charity mm-hmm. and closed the business. And then I went all in on my financial advisory and my wealth coaching. And over the course of the next 18 months, I had not only paid off all of my debt, but I had created an immensely profitable, enjoyable, and purpose-driven business that has now led me on to build a, a multi-seven-big empire and great financial freedom at 34. Dude, I love it. And I mean, I think there'd be a lot of listeners out there who can relate to the parents, you know, in work, like you have to work hard to make more money, right? Yes. Uh, not a lot of people are parents showing people how to save money, for example, or what else you can be doing with money, like investment, for example, or stocks or other you know, ways of making income. And so, you know, that story alone, it's, it's, again, I appreciate you being able to share that because I think other listeners will be relatable to what some of their own money stories are blocks are probably are from stopping them from that financial freedom. And I guess that kind of, you know, goes into my next question in your experience with working with the amazing humans and thousands of them around the world is what have you found to be like one of the main reason or main reasons as to why people wait to take control of their finances? Here's the thing that I've come to realize, Angela, the financial services industry has done a phenomenal job at convincing everyone that they are not money and finance people. Mm. and that it is too complicated for their little brains to wrap their head around it, which is complete and utter bullshit. And I have been fortunate enough or potentially unfortunate enough, depending on the way that you look at it, (laughs) to work with some of the best wealth minds and investment minds in the world, these people who manage billions upon billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And their strategies are actually quite simple. And there is no secrets to building wealth. The ultra-wealthy play by exactly the same rules that we play by. The only thing that changes is the sheer magnitude of financial resources that they have available. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that you need to realise is that you cannot abdicate financial responsibility and expect that somebody else is going to love your money like you do. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you're you not going to get to financial freedom by hiring a financial advisor or an accountant or a CFO or whoever to go and make those decisions for you. You need to learn how to get into your financial driver's seat and you need to know how to drive that vehicle to the destination, which is financial freedom. And if Mm -hmm. you're not prepared to do that, you will not achieve financial freedom. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like the women that I work with in businesses where they're like, you know, what's the return on investment? I just did a podcast episode because someone said, how much money are you going to make me? And what's my return on investment with hiring you? And I was like, well, I can't guarantee you anything. And I know a lot of people are like, well, what do you mean? I'm hiring you. You should guarantee me. I said, what I can guarantee you is I'll show up and I'll give you strategy and I'll do X, Y, and Z. But your risk, you still need to be responsible about understanding how your business works, how your business model ticks, what you're in alignment with, what you're not in alignment with, what is your mindset that you're bringing? Like I said, there's too many variables, but it's not my responsibility to bring you an ROI. That's on you. And I, I repel a lot of people because of that, because they just think, because that's what society tells them, you hire me, this is what will happen. So I love that you're saying that, again, ultimately, you have to take responsibility of the driver's seat. You'll give them the tools and tactics, but they still need to get in there and understand. Exactly right. 
Now, in regards to, I mean, understanding, obviously, uh, my next question that I'd love to ask you then is like, and I think I know the answer, but how important then is financial education and literacy in the pursuit of this financial freedom? Uh, you know, and do you recommend, obviously, you know, you've got a couple books and things like that, but, or is it that I also find this too, is there so many financial education resources or business resources, either, or you can put cooking books, right, that are out there that it's like almost too, can be so overwhelming that you don't know what to do. So is financial education and literacy actually important or can it be like a diversion for people? Like what's the truth behind or what are your thoughts around that? It is critically important because what we've got to realize is that everything that we do in life is always going to be a pursuit towards crafting a particular lifestyle or creating the financial means to be able to create some sort of lifestyle in the future. Uh We can boil it all down to that, right? Like we are in business because we want to have freedom and flexibility over how we choose to spend our time and the level and magnitude of impact that we can create in the world. Mm -hmm. And we need to have the economic independence that supports our ability to do just that, right? And ultimately, there may become a point in time whereby you don't want to have to work anymore and you then need to have the financial means and resources so you don't have to rely on the good graces of the government or your family in order to support you, which for either of those, neither of those are promised either, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to understand, like, all of those things revolve around your money. And Mm -hmm. if you do not understand the rules of the game, then you are not going to play to win. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's say, for example, that we were playing a game of Monopoly right now and you had absolutely no idea of the rule set and we just dived into it. Like, sure, you maybe going to have a good time, but you're going to make a move and then I'm going to go, oh, sorry, Angela, uh, no, this rule here says that you can't actually do that. Go back five spaces or do mm. not pass go, do not collect $200. And maybe you're going to cop it once or twice or three times, but that's going to come a point where you get the shit. Yeah. Jackson, like, tell me all of the rules so I at least know how to play the bloody game properly. Yeah. And this is the exact same situation that people find themselves with uh, with, with their money and their finances. Um, mm. They want to play the game, but they haven't even read the rule book. Yeah. So for those people, obviously, I know you've got some great resources. I would say, what is your number one go-to resource? If there is nothing anyone else did from this podcast, obviously, other than check your stuff out, but there's nothing else and they read one book that should help them at least turn the corner, see things in a different light. What's that one book or what's that one resources? Shameless plug here. My first book is called Enjoy the Journey, Creating Wealth and Living the Life that You Desire. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to create it in such a way where all of the concepts are universally applicable no matter where you live in the world and what what, what economic system you're partaking in. My second recommendation is Unshakable by Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. Um, Tony has done a fantastic job of really demystifying and simplifying uh, the, the language of money and some really basic financial concepts and also uh, uh, essentially um, uh, bringing to light some of the, uh, the absolute scams that the financial services industry have implemented over the years mm. uh, that have kept people uh, basically participants in the system and that have not allowed them to create any form of financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Yep, love it. And we'll make sure to include those links in the show notes just in case you didn't miss those. Now, there will be listeners out there that are like, okay, yeah, I need to get my shit together here. I need to do and figure things out. Uh, what do you find are the key steps or actions that individuals, business owners really ultimately should be prioritizing to set themselves on the path towards that financial freedom within the next 10 years? Yes. So we, as System the Wealth Mastery Machine, revolves around three pillars. The first mm-hmm. pillar is defining. 
Mm-hmm. It's crazy to think, but the vast majority of people have not stopped long enough to ponder and define what it is that they're actually working towards and why they are working towards. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just because we're chasing these vanity metrics because we've got all these pressures of keeping up with the Joneses and these unrealistic expectations that are placed upon us for things that we don't even care about or really want. Mm-hmm. And when we play at that superficial level, you're always going to find excuses or means to procrastinate that are going to get in the way of you doing the real deep work that you need to do. Mm-hmm. So we've created a framework and we help our clients design a 20-year financial and lifestyle roadmap. And mm-hmm. this is actually an exercise we're going to take your private clients through. And what we found is that by going through this exercise, it might sound really scary to most people because they don't even know what they're going to have for dinner tonight, <laughs> let alone for 20 years. But this one single framework is our most valuable piece of IP. Because what it allows us to do is to create a truly holistic and three-dimensional plan. Mm -hmm. And we take all of those goals and and, and dreams and aspirations and we can reverse engineer them back into all of the KPIs and metrics required to connect your activity to the outcomes. Because like imagine this, Angela, that every single person that you knew was able to take all of the, the, the lifestyle they wanted to live, the holidays they wanted to go on, the house they wanted to live in, the car they wanted to drive, the school they want to send their kids to, mm-hmm. and they can reverse engineer that into an income target, then into a profit target, then into a revenue target, then into a client's target, and then into a leads target. Mm-hmm. And imagine how much easier it is for them to do those activities that get them to those outcomes when they are linked and congruent. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'd be so powerful, right? And it's like, again, it, it sounds, but let me say this. I hear you and I go, okay, it sounds like there's a little bit of work here, Jackson. Do you know what I mean? Right? And I think this is the thing is, it's correct me if I'm wrong, but so many people out there think like shit should just be so easy because that's what it looks like on the internet, right? This person just hit seven figures. This person just set, 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 hit seven figures, whatever. But the reality of it is, is there's a little bit of work that we have to do. It's like you don't go to the gym and just have a six pack. You've got to put in, you know, one week, two weeks, four weeks, six months. Do you believe it's the same with the financial freedom that it's like it is going to be a little bit of work and there's probably going to be some tears and some snot involved. But the end result is really going to be, going to be magnificent and worth all of it. I agree wholeheartedly. Look, anything worth, worth anything in life is worth the effort. Nothing mm-hmm. is easy that is worth doing. Mm-hmm. And it is only once it becomes easy that is a byproduct of the amount of effort and energy that you've put into mastering that particular craft and making it easy and effortless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and this is the point, right? And that's why when we elevate those goals and we get complete clarity around what we're actually trying to achieve and why, we can create the catalyst of all of these pathways and ways that people have been programmed to manage their money that give them a reason to elevate their skill set. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that it is hard, like, it, it's actually really enjoyable. It's fulfilling. It's rewarding. Um, Absolutely. And this is the big shift that we make. And, and also, and, and I would also suspect, too, for many people such as my, myself, do you know, my parents filing bankruptcy twice and do you know, mean things like that, that there's not only just fulfillment for us and our immediate family, but the generational patterns that you'll be breaking for future generations. Exactly, right? We have the ability to to turn a new chapter and for you to be able to have the tools that you can pass on to the next generation and turn your kids into stewards that allow them to nurture your generational wealth so they can Mm -hmm. go and solve the real problems that exist in this world. Mm -hmm. Because we've got to realise there's more at stake than just you living in the beachfront mansion and going flying at the pointy end of the plane. Yeah, and um, we've got to realize that your your children 
are in a position where they need to choose between pursuing their passions or potentially just going and making money to make ends meet. Mm. And imagine that that choice was no longer even even a, a consideration anymore where they could just go and pursue their passions because they had the economic independence to do what they wanted. Mm. And, and this is where we create meaningful change in the world. It's something mm. that I'm super passionate about. But that all starts with that 20-year roadmap. Yeah, gotcha. So you got, okay, sorry, I just, my pen ran out. And so I started to write down pillar one again. Can you just re? re- pillar number one is define. Yep. And pillar number two. Really, pillar number two is create. So yep. we've got to realize that the cornerstone of wealth is all about creation. And it's mm-hmm. about how do we take your active income and we turn it into personal wealth. Mm-hmm. And there's really three components to this. There is sustaining surplus. There is a phenomena that I see in business owners the world around is that as they increase their income, they increase their spending. And it's a behavioral principle known as Parkinson's law. Uh-huh. And basically, it just it's like when you first get your first job and you're earning like a, a piddly income, you kind of made ends meet, right? Yes. But then as you've got pay rises, you you just compensated accordingly. You never had anything more to show for it. Uh-huh. And in many cases, this is exacerbated when you're a business owner because most of it eats shit for the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then when we crack the code and we start swimming in it, we want to make up for lost time. And then we mm-hmm. end up creating these really bad habits, which mean that we don't have any surplus. Mm-hmm. We help our clients implement a cash flow operating system that helps them increase their surplus, in many cases, upwards of 20%. And the interesting thing is that they don't have to do budgets. They don't have to crunch spreadsheets. This is all about getting them more conscious around what they choose to spend on, meaning that their lifestyle is not even impacted as a result. Mm-hmm. And that I think is a fear for some business owners is like, if I want to get my business growing, what will this mean for my day-to-day family living, right? Correct. Do I do I have to stop this or do I yeah, stop the holiday or stop you know, buying my dresses or whatever it is? And so that's refreshing to hear. And then, so you've got pillar one, pillar two, and did you say there's a pillar three? Yes, there is. So that once we've got the cash flow sorted, we then need to make sure that we know where that cash flow goes. So typically yeah. we put that into paying down debts or building wealth, and both can be great vehicles. We need to understand how we leverage those appropriately because there are both positive and negative ways for us to do that. Mm-hmm. And then once we've got the create piece sorted, the last pillar is manage. Okay. And this is about teaching you how to be a steward and how to manage your money. There's going to come a point in time whereby your income production is going to be completely overshadowed by the compounding of your wealth. Gotcha. And this is when we get to a point whereby how we manage our money becomes the most valuable and highest use of our time. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to take us a lot of time. Like I've got clients who have $50 million in wealth and we spend less than 30 minutes a month managing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm assuming like those, uh, and we'll talk about mindset in a minute, but there'll be some people who have limiting beliefs going into this thinking that it's going to absorb so much time when that's not necessarily true. No, definitely not. We find that for the types of people that we work with who are multi-six-figure and seven-figure business owners, many of which are basically just starting their wealth journey because they've been putting all of their energy and time into growing their business. Uh-huh. Maybe they own their home. Maybe they've got a little bit of investments and they've been dabbling, but the idea is that this entire operating system should only take you about 30 to 45 minutes a month to manage. Once you understand the, the tools, you've applied them, uh, and, and ultimately, you, you're better off spending your time elsewhere. And mm-hmm. It shouldn't take you every waking moment to manage your money. Well, right. I mean, that's the whole notion of that freedom part, right? Is you don't want to be tied down to this. You still want to be off doing whatever that is and that whatever that looks like for you. So that makes exactly. sense now. 
I know I just briefly asked about mindset. So I am curious to know a little bit more like, I, you know, when I was in your cohort, for example, doing a masterclass and things like that, I'm hugely about strategy. You still need strategy. You need the literacy. You need all of that. But I'm also a huge believer that mindset, do you know what I mean, is equally important whenever we're doing anything, right? It, the mind and the heart play a big thing to this. So my question is, is, you know, what mindset shifts or beliefs are essential for individuals who aspire to achieve this financial freedom? Like, what, what is it that you've seen over the years? Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. And for many years, I overlooked it. I'm like, hey, like a good strategy could fix everything until I realized that, hey, even though there were times where I knew what was best for me to do, and for mm-hmm. one reason or another, it was like I was hitting this invisible ceiling that was getting in the way of me doing what I knew what was best for me. Yes. And I come to rediscover the power of mindset and the way that that can actually dissolve these self-limiting beliefs and remove these invisible ceilings that are getting in the way of our growth. And in actual fact, um, you can put in the same, if not less effort, and get more results. And it was really profound. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I then started spending a lot of time understanding behavioural psychology and mm-hmm. the mindset that many people have around money. Mm-hmm. So the first principle that I discovered was actually from Winston Churchill. Uh-huh. And what Churchill said is that um, unless you fail to learn, if you fail to learn from history, you are bound to repeat it. Mm-hmm. And for many of us, because we're so uh, ambitious and aspirational, we want to look forwards. We want to look towards the next thing. And we fail to stop and reflect. And there is a behavioral principle that's called the reflection loop. And it's been used for hundreds of years. And the idea is that you have a perception of the future of what you're trying to create. Let's say you have a goal that you want to achieve. Let's say it's achieving seven figures this year. Uh-huh. And then we go out and set, uh, set and do it. And what we need to do is when we get to the, where we're supposed to be at the end of the milestone, we need to stop and reflect. And we need to understand the overlap between our original perspective of what we thought was going to happen and our reality of what actually happened. Mm. And by understanding the overlap of these two circles, we can start working on what can we do to calibrate those circles so they are as closely overlapped as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, is it that you didn't have the follow-through and you didn't do what you said you were going to do? Is it that you were too ambitious and your ambition exceeded your ability? Uh, is it macroeconomic things that were completely outside of your control? Whatever those factors are, let's define them and let's make sure that we become better planners and better executors in the in the future. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a really powerful principle that we work with our clients and use reflection as a means of growth. I think you said there, like, again, or you said earlier, sorry, about like, we don't take time, right? And that's the thing is we're jumping from one thing to another to another. But and I think when we take the time, or I know when we take the time to sit and reflect, just like we were when we were doing your class, uh, masterclass today is, do you mean we have the ability to really work on not only like what's happening now, but look at the bigger things. And that reflection piece, I think is crucial, crucial for growth. Like, you look at what worked, what didn't work, uh, what lessons there are to do you know I mean tune in and make things better, but yet people don't make the space for that to happen. That's it. And it can be painful, right? And look, I think the most successful people in the world have this ability to marinate in their own pain. Yeah. And they are very introspective and they are very critical of themselves. And mm. they never believe that they are perfect. They always think that they're the dumbest person in the room and, and that they're, they're, they're idiots, they're lifelong students, right? And it is this introspection and the ability uh, to be comfortable being uncomfortable in your own stupidity. Mm. And there's a saying, and I don't want to butcher it, in Jordan Peterson's book, where um, he's like, um, be uh, be smarter than you were today, but don't beat, you, beat yourself up for the idiot you were yesterday. Mm. And I think wow. it's so important. Mm-hmm. And people, again, I think, forget that 
failure is necessary. Do you know what I mean? Correct. For life, not just as business, but just for life. But again, we've been taught that everything has to be perfect. I mean, you look at business owners, there's so many of us who are perfectionists, right? Because everything's going to be perfect. But if we embrace the failure, good things can come in. For someone who is super passionate about women, obviously, because I work specifically with women, but women in business to be able to leave a husband if they need to, get out of a domestic violence situation if they need to, break generational wealth. I'm here for people to be able to create financial freedom in 10 years or less. So I'm curious to know for those listeners that are like, fuck yes, I'm in, I need to stop doing mean screwing around. Where can these humans connect with you? Yeah, it's really fascinating, Angela. But um, obviously, being a bloke, uh, funnily enough, I, I was raised in a house of, of four women. Uh, so I've always been around uh, around women, my mum, my sisters. Um, I've always attracted a lot of male clients. But I found over the, probably the last three to five years um, that there is this surge of female entrepreneurs who really want to get their financial shit together. Yeah. And uh, it's it's just, it's been interesting that the, the story that I hear is like, hey, I left a lot of that to my, my, my husband or to my partner. Um, I was very much a passenger. I wasn't interested. I didn't want to be involved. I thought it was kind of above my level. Um, I, I deal with all these things, all the labels that they placed on themselves and something changed. And they realized that no one, once again, was going to love their money and nurture it like they could. Mm. And how do they, if they're in a relationship, how do they meet their partner at the same level so they can go and produce those financial outcomes together. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been really beautiful to watch. So what I've basically created, Angela, is a 40-point financial performance scorecard because mm-hmm. through presenting to tens of thousands the world around, uh, I've been able to identify that there are 40 things that get in the way of business owners creating financial freedom. Mm-hmm. The average score is 18 out of 40, which is really scary. Uh-huh. Um, most business owners are below average financial. Uh-huh. The thing is, I don't care if your score is 5 or 35. By doing it, it'll allow you to work out what are the next best things for you to implement, which make it really easy for you to take some of the stuff we've spoken about on this podcast or from a book that you read and then know where you need to focus your attention. Mm-hmm. So it takes you five minutes. If you go to wealthhealthcheck.com.au, that is wealthhealthcheck.com.au, and complete the scorecard. And in there, you will also get access to all of my best-selling books, a whole heap of calculators and financial tools um, that are going to help you improve that score and add those tools to your kit bag. Um, and of course, if you want to have a chat and see how we can help, and um, we work with clients the world around uh, to really sort out their, their profit and their wealth gain um, so they can create financial really faster. So we'd love to have a chat. Oh, goodness. Well, I think anyone listening should be heading to thewealthcheck.com.au uh, as a minimal baseline because data is powerful. You can't I mean, twist data. You can't change data. Data is data. So I think anyone listening, you you probably need a reality check. So go to wealthcheck.com.au and also obviously follow Jackson. But Jackson, before we wrap up, the last thing that I like is looking back on your journey, what do you know that you wish you knew when you first started out in your in your quest of financial freedom? I wish I knew the unlimited capacity of my potential. Mm-hmm. And I felt that for a really long time earlier in my journey, I struggled a lot with self-learning beliefs of what was possible and what I could achieve. And I played it safe and I tried to, to, to reduce risks where I could because I, I was so fearful of failure. Mm-hmm. And I wish I knew the, the the capacity of that unlimited potential a whole lot earlier, but the good news is I know it now. And uh, as Confucius famously said, 
Uh, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, and the second best time is today. So that bloody planting those seeds. I did. Amen to that. Start planting a life, people. Now, as always, uh, Jackson, it's a pleasure to be in your energy and your wisdom. So thank you so much for today. And for you, you amazing human listening to this podcast episode, just a reminder that my team and I will be putting together the show notes for this episode over at my website, AngelaHenderson.com.au. And I'll make sure to include the books, the links, and everything that Jackson has talked about today. But for now, have an amazing day no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me for another episode of the Angela Henderson Online Business Show. Thanks again, Jackson. Thanks for listening to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, www.angelahenderson.com.au.